Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott Scott Podcast, and as always, I'm joined by Matty T. How are we? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm not too bad, mate. And we're also joined by Tony Mills. Tony, how are we? Hi, good, mate. Yourself? I'm alright, mate. So, boys, in an Arsenal week. Depressing, Boring. isn't it? Tell by the tone of your voice, Matt, how boring it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I, I just, I used to be into it, uh, but it's because Scotland are so rubbish now, I don't even care. I yeah, don't I blame you at all, mate. Yeah, honestly, I hate it so much, but thank God, after this week, there's no more international football until March, I think. Oh, thank God, man, just honestly hate it, it's so depressing. But boys, we've got club football to talk about. And big news today, Hibs appoint Jack Ross. Matt, I'll start with you. I did tell you last week, big man, that Jack Ross would choose Hibs over Hearts. And uh, what's your thoughts? Well, I don't think he's chosen Hibs over Hearts. I don't think Hearts have approached him, to be honest. No, rumour has it uh, he was in negotiations with Hearts, but I don't think he was really interested. Fair enough. But um, no, if that is the case, um, it's, a, it's a good appointment for Hibs regardless. Um, I think he, he's done well in Scotland previously with St Mirren and Dallow and shoestring budgets and like we touched on last week he didn't do that badly at St Mirren it's just St Mirren you know, you know what that drops like anyway so I think it's a great appointment Tony what about you? I agree with Matt I, I, you did say it last week to be fair uh, I, it was one we did talk about that we did see happening but here it is it's happened so fair play to Hibs they're obviously keen. They were keen to get him, and they managed to get him. Yeah, definitely, man. It's I think it's a, a big appointment for Hibs, and I think Hibs and Jack Ross are the perfect fit for each other. Because I did say last week, I don't think Jack Ross would be a good fit for Hearts, considering the fact they've got that sporting director role still in place, and I, I think he just wanted to be his own man. Aye, definitely. You can understand why that's obviously attracted more to Hibs than it would for Hearts, as I'd imagine it would be the case with a lot of managers um, and Matt I know you're a big fan of Camberry right you're a huge fan of him right but did you see his comments I'm a huge fan I, 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 think he's a, I think he's a decent wee player <laughs> right fair enough right did you see his comments during the week uh, no what did you say he was basically saying how he, f- he felt as though he, he was mistreated under Neil Lennon and Paul Higginbottom but I need to bring this up to you, mate. Where is it? Where, like, where do you draw the line where Camberry uh, needs to start looking at himself instead of blaming other managers? Why he's been not he's not been playing well? Yeah, no, I think it's a bit of both. Like, he did score in the semi final against Celtic, uh, albeit it was a meaningless goal. But I think he's the type of player you, you need to put an arm around him, like and just encourage him rather than like the kind of authoritarian, if you like, tactics of Lennon and Heckenbottom. But I think. He doesn't need to look at himself as well and stop blaming the managers, but he doesn't need that, a specific type of manager. Uh, like I think, for example, Stephen Gerrard can do both. I think he can put an arm around you when necessary, and when necessary, it can be that kind of authoritarian figure. Yeah, exactly. So We've seen that with James Tavernier right now. Obviously, Tavernier's been getting a lot of criticism uh, recently, and, you, and Stephen Gerrard really has put his arm around him, and he's really said, you know what, and know the critics, I'm going to still keep me in the team. Yeah, but... Um, Tony, um, what do you think? Do you think Jack Ross will be able to get the best out of Canberra? So time will tell. Um, 
We do know he is a decent player, but I, I do think he, he does have a bit of an attitude problem and does kind of seem, seem to always kind of want to pass the buck to whoever's managing him. So I think this will kind of be his kind of third, maybe final chance to prove himself at Hibs before he's maybe moved on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what about uh, you, Matt? See if it doesn't work out here under Jack Ross. Do you think that this will be Canberra's last chance alone? Do you think he could be off if it doesn't work out? Possibly, I mean, like, he has got a decent goal scoring record. I had his very first game in, obviously, he's absolutely brilliant. Um, he's fallen off recently, but I think if he does, he do decide to move on, he'll still get a decent whack for him, I think. Like, obviously, not stupid numbers, like 100 to 300k, maybe, which is, will be decent enough for Hibs, considering um, his form at the moment. Um, but I, th- I think Jack Ross will get the best out of him. I can, I can see this being a perfect match. And we'll, we'll move on from that and we'll, uh, we'll speak about the Hearts situation right now before we get into the Celtic game. Um, Matt, what do you make of the whole situation going on with Hearts right now? We still haven't appointed a manager. I know Anne Budge said she's going to uh, take her time with it, but see the candidates that have been linked with the job, they've not been great. The only guy that really stands out for me, in fact, there's two guys that stand out for me. Um, obviously, Stephen Robinson, I think that would be a smart appointment. Um, and the other guy linked with the job who was just sacked during the week, Neil Warnock. Um, so what do you make of those two candidates, Stephen Robinson and Neil Warnock? We'll start with Robinson. I think Robinson's obviously, like, the, I think it's a sensible option. Um, I think uh, uh, he knows the league. Obviously, he's came into Motherwell, done a very good job there. Got his two cup finals and this season they're on course to have a top six, even top five finish. Um, and as for Neil Warnock, I think that'd be a very... Uh, although I can't see that happening um, If it does happen It would be a very good appointment He's obviously a very experienced manager Aye, Eight uh, promotions uh, in England So he has like, he, won, he got promoted eight times So that's uh, he's an experienced uh, manager And yeah I think that would be a smart appointment But continue uh, Yeah it would be a smart appointment I just can't see it happening I just think Warwick would either go to another championship club Or, or call it a day I, just, I can't, see him, can't see this one happening I think and it's just rumours to and he has said in the past, Matt, like he's always admired Hibs and Hearts. He would he would have loved to manage in Scotland one day. But he also did say that he'll be retiring after the uh, this campaign this season. So who knows? He might just want one last pay, like payday or just one last job before he decides to call it quits. And and as I've said, he he's always admired Hibs and Hearts and always wanted wanted to manage in Scotland. So this is probably his last chance and the best time to do it. Yeah. At the same time, you've got to look at Hearts. Like you've obviously had old like Craig Levine, who's considered a dinosaur. Um, Warnock, I wouldn't say he's a dinosaur. I think he's a still good manager, but I think Hearts need to go with the Hibs approach and go for a younger manager, like for the longevity, rather than just going for someone who's a bit older. Yeah, I agree. Think they go for a younger manager. No, I absolutely agree. Because obviously, I think now's the time where Hearts they can't be looking for short-term managers they just, they're just to come in and stabilise the ship you need to be looking long-term as you say a younger manager the perfect guy for that is Stephen Robinson but as I was just saying some of the candidates on the shortlist the rumoured uh, the rumoured shortlist it's, they don't really stand out like Felix McGaff remember him? Yeah Yeah, he's on the shortlist right would he be a good fit for Hearts? I don't think so um, Dougie Friedman <laughs> Um, Dougie Friedman um, Graham Alexander as well and Steve Cottrell who's been out of work since 2018 and he's not exactly done much in his uh, managerial career um, but, uh, yeah, it's not great is it? <laughs> no it's not But so that's what I'm thinking the, 
look at like I think Hearts need to take advice from Hibs and look at uh, look at Hibs what Hibs done. They appointed someone like Paul Higginbottom, uh, a manager from England, right? His CV wasn't the best, and I think he got Barnsley promoted to the Championship. That was it. Then he got sacked from Leeds in a very it, it was a short amount of time he was in the job, right? So I think. Hearts need to go for someone like Stephen Robinson. That's Stephen Robinson knows Scottish football inside out. He's a young, upcoming manager. It'd be the I think I think it would be the most logical uh, appointment for me to be honest. My only thing with Stephen Robinson is that like, I agree with everything you're saying, but I just don't think he's a yes man. So like, I don't know if he would take it. That's a yeah, good point. Actually, yeah. Like I just same way Warnock even like he's not a yes man. I know that it's a bit extreme, like Warnock being linked to it because I don't see it happening. But I, everyone that's kind of linked to Hearts, that kind of the way you feel, person who is actually going to get the job, none of them are kind of yes men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't point. know. Like that's just a bit of a spanner to their plan, I think. And also, I think Stephen Robinson might be holding out for the Northern Ireland job. Who knows? Because he's rumored to be tipped to to replace uh, Michael O'Neill when he decides to leave. Yeah, well, I think he's definitely, he'll be in with a shout for Northern, I- Northern Ireland for sure anyway. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He's a good manager, Stephen Robinson. That's why yeah. I just kind of think to myself, like, will he touch the Hearts job? Because if he's not in full control, it could really put a damper in his career, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it all true. goes wrong. And here's another name as well, Ian Holloway. Uh, he's oh, obviously out of, job, out, out of work right now, he's looking for a job. Tony, what about that? Do you think that could be a good appointment? Ian Holloway has oh. obviously done fantastic at Blackpool, but he's not done really much uh, since that Blackpool job. I'll be honest, mate, I could actually see that happening. Like, when you find Ian Holloway into that, I could see him at Hearts. I'm not saying he would necessarily do a great job, but I could see him at Hearts. I, I think that is a pretty realistic approach. What about you, Matt? Um, no, I think it's more realistic than Warnock anyway. Like I can't. Absolutely, definitely. It's, I could see it happening, possibly. Um, but I was going to touch on, like, if they are looking for a young manager who could potentially be a yes man, uh, I think Scott Game will be perfect. He, he's done well for the Scotland under-21s, and this could be a, a good test for him. And obviously working on the director of football, he'd be a yes man for the SFA anyway, so if he's working on the director of football, I don't think that'd be a massive, massive thing for him. Do you know who else is on the bookies odds, Matt? Do you know Shelley Kerr, the Scotland uh, women's national team coach? Yeah, I mean, she is a good manager. Like, obviously, it's women's football is kind of hard to compare because um, it's different levels. Not, not necessarily sex or anything, but it's completely different levels. So, she has done good for women's, but the chance for women's men's uh, could be a challenge. But if Hearts do it, it would be a oh, risk. Sorry, mate, you kind of cut out there a bit. Up. Sorry, mate, can you say that again? I'm just saying, obviously, like, you can't really compare women's and men's football, like, not saying the sexes, but it's different levels. So, she has done well for the women's football team and if you were to transfer that over to to um, Hearts it could be a, a good calculated risk yeah definitely I agree so final prediction before we move on who's going to take over at Hearts I'll start with you Tony uh, at the moment I'll have to go with Stephen Robinson even despite what I've said just because he's a bookie's favourite and he is still a realistic guy for the job mm-hmm. uh, yourself Matt uh, Graham Murray <laughs> okay, but, uh, <laughs> uh, I'd probably have to say Stephen Robinson as well Yeah I think so I think Stephen Robinson too um, Obviously it's a step up from Motherwell and I do believe Anne Budge will give him time She seems like the type of person that is Willing to give 
uh, manager's time. Like she gave him Ian Caffrell a long time, like more than he probably should have got. Uh, so well, we'll move on. And Tony, I know I've not got you for long, mate. Uh, you're getting pestered to go in the shiver. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know, mate. Got it. Got it be done. Ah, <laughs> uh, exactly, mate. So we'll move on, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about Celtic. Tony, uh, good result of the weekend for Celtic, beating Mullerwell two one. Obviously, um, no. you were in Europe last week, so he's obviously coming into uh, the weekend. There might have been a bit of fatigue there after that great result against Lazio, but there wasn't. Celtic comfortably beat Motherwell 2 0. But what were your thoughts on the game and the performance? I thought, considering it was obviously on the back end of a tough away win in Europe, I, I, I'll take 2 0, definitely. It was, I thought, and I knew it was going to be one of those games that we would have still had to kind of grind it out because obviously I fatigue. Tap players being tired, but we got the job done. So that's that's all that matters, really. Yeah, that's it. It's all about getting three points and a clean sheet. And um, but Matt, what did you make of the performance overall from Celtic? Just are you just going to echo where Tony slots there? I pretty much, mate. I think obviously Lazio away is obviously one of the toughest fixtures that they have in that group, and they came through that. And then obviously to play mother was a completely completely um, but they they came through it and kind of. Kind of done a professional performance, mm-hmm. something that's as expected of them anyway. But again, it could have been a easy banana skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony, who was uh, your standouts in the the game against Mullerwell? Edward. Uh, Edward obviously getting the goal, and I know it was an OG for Mullerwell, so we were a bit fortunate that way. But again, it was Johnny Hayes had a really good game. He got man of the match, so we've got to give him credit. And just Johnny Hayes in general, he's he's maybe not the most talented footballer, we all know that, but he's, he puts in a shift every time he comes on and he swung in kind of left back, then he swung back into left mid, so he's a really good squad player to have, so I, Johnny Hayes definitely deserves a mention. Yeah, I've noticed that uh, Johnny Hayes has been getting a lot of praise off Celtic fans recently because of his performances, and as you were saying, he's not, he might not be the, the most talented player in the world, but he'll come into the team and do a shift. Like it's a, It reminds me quite a bit of the like Andy Haldy thing that we've got going on there. like Andy Haldy's not the most talented player in the world but he can come in and do a shift and he'll just work his socks off I know what you mean mate I, it's like it's always good to have a player like that in your team especially when you're playing in Europe and you've got to then go into these league games and grind at a result Johnny Hayes is an ideal player to have in a game like that and uh, I need to obviously uh, bring this up Tony uh, El, El Hamid uh, is going to be out for a bit. It looks like he's going to be missing the, the League Cup final against Rangers. And that's a big blow. Definitely, mate. I, you know, I speak a lot high, very highly of El Hamid. I think he's a really good player. He is, I think we kind of knew he was a wee bit injury prone when we got him. Like, he does kind of seem that way. Like It's unfortunate because he is a really good player. But we do have Frimpong, at least, who's obviously coming into the team and starting to get a wee run of games now. And he looks a really decent player. So hopefully, if it is him, I'm, I'd imagine it will either be him or Bob Bauer or whatever his name is playing. But... It's better than what we had last season and right back anyway in Lustig, so it's not the worst, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But I'd, obviously, I just want to touch on uh, Mullerwell's performance. Uh, Matt, what did you make of it? Did you expect a lot more out of Mullerwell? Did you, thought, did you think they were going to actually have a real go, considering the fact that obviously Celtic come back from uh, Italy, might be a bit of fatigue there, that European hangover, and obviously we know Celtic do have European hangovers, obviously they lost to Livingston, uh, the other week so don't you think Motherwell would have took some confidence and belief in that and maybe had a go I mean possibly but I just, I just don't think it's Stephen Robinson's or 
the way he's built Motherwell to play to have a go. I think they're built on being solid defensively, you know, kind of roughing up your players and um, getting chances that way. So it didn't surprise me they didn't have a go for it, but I was just surprised that they were just a bit meh. Like, like you said, Celtic could have been potentially tired after that game and they could have capitalised on that by winning the ball in the right areas and, and doing it that way, but they were just a bit, a bit average. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, mate. But at the end of the day, Celtic got the three points and it was all about getting the three points and especially considering how how well Rangers are playing too and it, every game is crucial. It's back to the way it was years ago where every game matters. You cannot drop any points whatsoever and I feel like Celtic are in that mindset where they're going in every game and like we need, but obviously we've got Rangers breathing right down our necks. We need to win every game. We cannot afford to drop any points because I, I think, Tony, you can uh, agree with this as well. I do remember you saying this too, that there is going to be a, this title race is going to go right to the wire because look how tight it is right now, mate. There's one goal separating the whole firm right now. It is, mate. You can't deny that. It's very close at the moment and being, I do think that is how it will be, aye. So you're right, every point does matter. You can't afford to drop any stupid points here and there. So, I both teams have to win, really. So it's going to come down to, I reckon, a lot of the old firm games. Oh, yeah, definitely, mate. And um, So before we move on from Motherwell, uh, Matt, is there anything else you want to add? No, really, no. I just think, obviously, as the echo Tony and yourself, it is very close. Uh, and I think um, Rangers are in a much better position this season, a much stronger squad, and I think that. Matt, what happened there? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry, cut it out there. What were you saying there? I was just saying, obviously, I think Rangers have got a much stronger squad this season. Um, and that's pushed on Celtic as well. I think that's more competitive. And it's going to be an interesting, interesting rest of the season after, after this international break. It's pretty much a free run almost at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Tony, is there anything else you want to add before we let you go? No, I, mean, I think we've really covered everything other than just, again, I can't emphasise enough how crap the international break is, but oh, we're all in that same boat. Oh, I know. It's it really, <laughs> as I said at the start of the show, it's depressing. I hate it. It's the worst. But, my God, I just cannot wait for it to be over. So, Tony, cheers for coming on, big man, and I'll see you Saturday. I'll catch you Saturday, mate. Bye, bye. So, moving on, and we'll be talking about uh, the Rangers-Livingston game from the weekend. Matt, a good result for Rangers against Livy uh, at a very... Tough ground to go to. Obviously, that we all know how poor Livingston's pitch is, but Rangers got the three points and kept a clean sheet and, as I said, played uh, uh, played very well. So, what were your thoughts? Yeah, no, obviously, last season we, we struggled there. Um, we, got, uh, we got beat there last season. We've always historically struggled with artificial pitches and Livingston have got one of the worst artificial pitches, I would, I would say. But yeah, like you said, we played very well. Um, I thought we controlled the game well. Um, it wasn't like uh, an, an amazing, blistering performance like we did against Porto, but it was pretty similar to what Celtic did against Motherwell. We just got the job done, played decent, didn't really look like conceding, and you, you know, just kept on, kept on going at three points. And obviously, so I touched on Barisic as well. He was a struggle in that game last season, especially on that pitch. But he was probably man of the match, to be honest. Yeah, I thought Barisic was really good, mate. Um, but I think that was the best performance. Uh, like you, you could get playing that pitch against Livingston, and obviously we played against Livingston Matt, um, a few weeks ago in the League Cup, and I have to admit we did struggle against Livingston, but we got the win. 
We did struggle though, but this time round, mate, we were we were physical too. We were in their faces. We weren't taking any nonsense like we have done previously there before. And uh, I just want to touch on what Gary Holt said uh, before the game. I think you might have, you might have seen it too. Yeah, yeah. I basically Gary Holt um, got triggered by Steven Gerrard basically calling out Livingston for what they are, and that's hammer throws. Like and like and also. Uh, they just kick players off the park. That's what they do. They kick teams off the park. And Gary Holt took exception to those comments, but they're true. And, uh, yeah. and, and if Gary Holt is so offended by it and he was so triggered by Jenner's comments, here's a simple thing, mate. See, if you don't want people to call you out in what you do and how you play, don't play that way then. Like, that's what Livy do. They're physical. They kick players off the park. And they, they basically their whole game plan is long ball. And I'm not criticising for it. But that's a style of play, so I don't understand why Gary Holt is getting riled up by Gerrard's comments, even though they're completely true. Yeah, they are completely true, and like you say, to play that way, that's fine. It's obviously worked out for, well for them. They've, they've done very well this um, last couple of seasons. Um, but yeah, like, Gary Holt knows they play that way. I don't know why he tries to deny it. Like, if I was him, I would just wouldn't deny it. But like, yeah, we, we have our own style of play, we just have their style of play, and just do it that way, even though obviously he got very triggered, uh, as you said, and obviously it was proven a few weeks ago, and I think it was the League Cup one, where Joe Aribo got that, that terrible terrible injury, where he had like 20 stitches or something like that, yeah. and obviously Aribo got his revenge by, by, by scoring the opening goal. Um, yeah, exactly. Oh, just sorry to interrupt, Matt, but also I just want to touch on Aribo as you just brought him up there. See, obviously Joe Aribo starting, um, I did have one or two concerns, I was like, oh, who knows, he might be, I don't know, I'll be a bit worried, or he might it might be a wee bit like don't know cautious obviously considering what happened last time but he was not worried or he didn't look uh, cautious at all he played a good game of football and scored a terrific uh, goal as well so we, that, that did, like what happened last time did not phase him whatsoever Matt no 100% obviously he, he took the goal very well it was a very well taken goal and like I said it was up for the play he was, he was um, very energetic in midfield and uh, he's a young raw player he's going to, only going to improve and I think he's got a very good mentality obviously that could have easily affected him he could have been like oh no I don't want to go for these challenges or I don't want to pit myself about because that could happen again but I think that may have just fired him up and he's saying do you know what that, you done that to me last time I'm just going to outplay you I'm going to be the better player and that's exactly what he done mm-hmm. yeah absolutely mate and obviously in the build up to Aribo's goal I thought there was some good stuff getting played. A lovely uh, pass from Scotty Arfield as well. I think this break out the team he is rejuvenated them in a sense. I think he looks like he's got his energy and he's he's fire back. And obviously for a wee bit he kind of lost that because he was he was just so burnt out playing non-stop football. No, I understand. Like we've been crying out for it for like not just me and you. I'm talking about like. Rangers fans in general have been crying out for him to be dropped, not because he's a terrible player, he's been playing rubbish, just because we know he needs a break and um, he's been playing so much football over the last couple of seasons. Um, and Gerard finally, finally took him out of the team. And um, when he did come back in, like you said, he, he looked like the Scotty Arthur of old almost. And he set up that goal for Aribo very well. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just a, a joy to see Arthur getting back to his best, um, looking more energetic and. Uh, Aribo, like the past Aribo was excellent. Aribo could have easily just put that over the bar, but Scott Arfield put on a plate for him and Aribo uh, cut across and he had no chance. And also, Alfredo Morelos scored. Water is wet, no surprise. And he, Alfredo, no. 
I say it every week. The guy is just unbelievable. He's just growing in confidence every single week. He just he's an absolute star right now. And twenty two goals, Matt, and we're only in November. That is it's, mental. It's ridiculous. I mean, he he's that, that goal against Anderson, right? Scott, he, he, he done that out of nothing pretty much. Like obviously, he was in the box in that decent position, but you wouldn't normally think, oh, he could really score because there's like defenders in front of him. The keeper had a decent position, but no, he just made. A joke of that, you know, like put it in the back of the net. Um, I want to put this into perspective, right? In his first season, we could see how great a player he was, and we were saying, "Oh, this is this is striker for us." He scored eighteen goals in his first season, right? He's on twenty-two, like you said already this season. The guy's just going from strength to strength, and he's he's closing in on the Marco Negri's record. Um, mm. I think of goals consecutive, it goes in consecutive games. Yeah. Yeah, like exactly, mate. He's coming on from strength to strength every week. And uh, I, I know I've said, like I said it uh, previously in the pod, I don't think he's going to go in January. There's no chance he'll go in January. Like, if we want to win the league, we need to keep Alfredo. I think he'll, he'll go next summer, but he won't be going in January, that's for sure. And uh, I just want to mention, Matt, I thought Hollander and Golson, yet again, mate, they were brilliant. They're, they've formed a terrific partnership over the last few weeks, and it's a joy to see. No, it is. Like, I think um, last season, we're missing a proper... Um a proper partner for Goldson because they kept chopping and changing between like Worrell and Katic. I think Worrell obviously played more games and you know my thoughts on him. <laughs> well, it's so like think... you brought up Worrell there, so that thought that. You see what Worrell said the other week uh, to the papers? He said when he was at Rangers he felt as though he was a complete player. He was a complete waste of time. He was like, you can obviously tell there's a decent player in there. He, when he's good in the ball, he is good in the ball, but when he's bad in the ball, he's absolutely horrific. Um, so I think he, I know with Josh, um, like Nottingham Forest and he said he's been playing very well this season, so fair enough. But, yeah, but um, he wasn't consistent enough. Like, he just no, didn't show up in a regular basis. Um, but Jenner's obviously identified that as a problem. Um, Cathy, he still thinks he's a bit raw, which I guess is fair enough because he is still a young player. Edmondson's just came into the team he's obviously one for the future as well so he obviously brought in Hollander for like a sizable fee I think it was like 3.54 million something like that mm-hmm. uh, he's also a Swedish international and he's just made that spot his own him and Goldson like you said looked like absolutely solid at the back he's chipped him a few goals as well Hollander and I think that partnership is the one the main one for the next few years at least Yeah. and um, like I said Goldson looks so much better now with Hollander next to him mm-hmm. and uh, also Ryan Kent he came off a, a slight injury, but I don't think it's anything too serious. No, I, I don't think so. I think by the time the international breaks over, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed, mate. I th- I, it didn't look anything too serious, but I'm glad no, cause, Rangers... Cause got, obviously, on you go. Because no, obviously he got the injury, but it didn't immediately come off, so that suggests to me it's not that bad. Yeah, uh, exactly. So it's probably just a wee niggle and that was all. Um, but yeah. it, I'm, I'm glad Rangers came through that game unscathed with any major injuries. Like, thank God we didn't get repeat what happened last time with Aribo and uh, I, I want to touch on Livingston How, what did you make of their performance? Um, I thought they, they weren't like terribly bad I just thought we were better on the day um, they obviously tried to frustrate us um, but once we got that first goal um, they never I think that, that, that goal just became came before half time so like 37th minute or something and once we got that goal I think Livingston kind of knew they weren't getting back into the game and just kind of played a bit passive, um, which is unlike them. Obviously, we're used to them being kind of the battle in Livingston that we know. Mm-hmm. But 
And Rangers knew as well that once they went one up, they were going to lose it. And as I said, Livingston knew that as well. So it was just a kind of formality at that point. Yeah, definitely, mate. And uh, I also, as I was saying earlier, I, like, I Livy couldn't match with how how physical we were being in the, and how we were exactly. actually matching them. We stood up to them because previously um, we didn't really do that. Uh, I, could, like, I remember last season we played them uh, and we got beat 1 0. We just, like they were re- really in our faces, and we just we just couldn't match that physicality for some bizarre reason. And obviously the other week where we did struggle, but we managed to get through. We didn't really match the physicality there, but this time round, mate, we were taking no shit from them, none whatsoever. No, I definitely. I think Gerard, um, obviously in the build up to the game, must have got the the players welled up, um, got them in the right, right mindset for the game. And um, like I said, Hollander, I want to touch him again. He he. He really made a difference, you know, he was getting physical with them and he used his intelligence to the game um, to, to obviously be physical with the laws of the game. And London Dykes, who, who is a very good player, we know that, um, was kept quiet. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you took the words out of my mouth, mate. I was literally about to bring that up. Dykes, obviously, who I think he's a very talented footballer and uh, he did cause us problems. Uh, he's caused us problems before in the past. Um, so, But... Today, I know today, sorry, what I'm saying today. It's Sunday, we kept them very quiet. We kept their final third quiet. It just They, we, they didn't cause any problems whatsoever, so the defence was outstanding. So it was. And yes, I know we've been going on and on about how great Hollander and Goldson have been, but it's true, mate. <laughs> so, it's true, and that's obviously the difference between last season and this season is, is Hollander is obviously one, one player that can make a whole difference at the back. And if you're good at the back... Yeah, not conceding goals that will give your team confidence to go in and win games. Mm-hmm. And did you also see what uh, Marvin Bartley said? Um, I remember seeing the headline. Like, I think I did see it, but what did he actually say again? Uh, I'll tell you what he said. He said that Rangers are the best team in Scotland, and that's the best team Livy have played this season. Um, I would remember hearing that. So I didn't read that, but um, no, he's he's. I think it's obviously a Rangers fan, and I want to say we're the best team in Scotland, but we've not done anything yet. So no, that's what he uh, said. That's what he said. He said that's the best team Livy have played this season. That's what Bartley said. He said that's the Rangers are the best team uh, Livy have played this season, and also uh, you can understand his point of view and him saying that because Livy played Celtic, Livy beat Celtic. No, sorry, uh, no, I Livy beat Celtic two 0 and we've played Livy three times this season, and we've beat Livy in all three games. Ah, uh, no, I mean, when I mean, you look at it, that. That, that point then uh, that perspective sorry um, it can make complete sense then I think we are a very good team obviously we've proved that this season and um, we just need to go in and win trophies but no based on what you said there um, you can't really argue with that exactly mate so is there anything you want to touch on before we move on to the the AMR, uh, HMRC scandal that came out during the week um, no not really I'm just kind of not buzzing damn, but I really want to get stuck into this stuff oh I know mate but I just wanted to say one little thing before we move on to that um, so that was it, a big three points, a clean sheet, and I, I did have one or two concerns about going into the game, only due to the fact that oh, it's Livy's ground, and I was like, oh no, like, do you think like the players might be, I don't know, like a bit tired from the, the great performance uh, from first night against Porto, but none, what's it not, none of that whatsoever, and the players put in a fantastic shift and got a big, big three points. So we'll move on and we'll talk about the big scandal that came out during the week, mate, with HMRC and Rangers are considering legal action after HMRC says the fifty million pound penalty was too high. Yeah, no. What I what happened was basically HMRC came out and said, "Oh, we overcharged 
uh, basically overcharged Ranger or the, the old company who owned Rangers um, that by 50 million so without that there would have been no admin there would have been no electrification there would have been none of the nonsense that followed that um, Celtic um, most probably when they've got 8 tails in a row when they've got 2 treble trebles um, so basically from that massive can't ever state how massive that blunder is by HRC yeah. none of this would happened no no people would have lost their jobs and um, would have kept our best players um, we'd still have massive revenue it's just a complete complete embarrassment by HMRC and um, obviously it's a tricky one because obviously Dave King is obviously a new kind of a new holding company that owns the club um, so obviously the assets that have got liquidated and the things were the old the old the old um, companies so yeah. it's going to be a tricky one like, legally but I think if there is actually to be taken we need, we need to take it yeah and also mate like see that that big tax case and how much HMRC were saying how much it was, right? Saying it was that amount. That was that's what was putting up potential owners taking over the club because they've seen this big tax case hovering over hovering over the club, and they seen it was like fifty million, right? And then they were like, potential owners like, no, nah, I'm not touching that. I'm like, if that big tax case is hovering over the club, oh, I'm not getting involved in that. So that put up potential owners from buying the club as well. You know, definitely, um, and it's just it's obviously like. Even if, like, obviously, I think David Murray's what to sell anyway, regardless of that. But even if that didn't happen, obviously, the owners would have wanted to come in. Um, if, it, if that wasn't there, owners would have come in, could have been in a much better state over those years. Uh, uh, the Rangers have always have always challenged that the amount. Um, it's been since day one, they've always challenged that, and obviously they've had reason to challenge it. That just came out um, last night. Um, and even the 24 million, that was the other case. Um, there's been there's been um, challenges as well. They've always thought that was harsh, but the fifty million is just ridiculous. And like you say, they put off potential potential buyers. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dave King, they've got a good board just now, and he's hopefully he's a, a smart enough man. He will do the right thing. Yeah, exactly. And it's an absolute scandal. It is mate. HMRC cannot get away with this because as you brought up earlier on, mate, like employees at the club, right, who work from nine to five, lost their jobs because of this bullshit. It is absolutely disgusting. It's, 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 I mean, I don't want to sound too conspiracy theorist here, right? But to be overcharged by that amount just just does not make sense to me. Like, how can you overestimate a bill by that much? That's something doesn't seem right to me. I think that needs to be looked into, um, which obviously, hopefully, will be. Um, but no, I, I don't know. If I don't want to say the word corruption, but something stinks there. Like that amount, maybe like. A wee amount, I don't know, um, but you can't quantify how big that blunder is. That that just does not yeah. sit that that amount has been overestimated. Yeah, it's it's absolutely disgraceful, mate. And also, um, I think the rumoured what it was meant to be. I think it was meant to be. It was definitely like majorly less than fifty million. It was nowhere near that, right? But I think it might have been just maybe fifteen million or so, fifteen twenty million, right? But see if it was just going to be fifteen twenty million. That would not put up potential owners because they'd be like, yeah, that I, that can easily be paid off, right? Because remember, a few years ago when Rangers done uh, the share issue under Charles Green, yeah. and I think we raised over it might have been over ten million. Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong on that, but I know it was over. I don't. I know it was at least over ten million. I, it might have been. I don't think it was twenty, was it? I think it was just over ten. No, it was. It was. I think it was about ten. Yeah. Yeah. So if Rangers can raise over ten million for a share issue, right? And but like obviously a new owner coming in. 
Yeah, you need to have a bit of money if you want to like buy Rangers. But obviously, Craig, th- Craig White thing was a that was another scandal in itself, right? But if you had a, a decent, genuine owner coming in to buy the club, right? For example, Dave King, right? Just say Dave King picked up the the pieces of that, right? And Rangers obviously would have been able to pay that off. So the, the administration liquidation, as you were saying, mate, happened for absolutely nothing. But there was definitely an agenda going on. I don't care, like. Um, like how I sound saying that I, I think it's 100% true there definitely was an agenda going on here uh, uh, 110% because there was some mate. real dodgy stuff going on here no 100% and from what I heard the, obviously the, the the bill that we, we got charged for was 50 million and also that led to, to the rest of it from what I've heard what I've seen what I've read apparently it was only maybe and you were saying 10, 50 million right from what I've heard it was only maybe about 2 million honestly honestly like, I may have misread it or I may have read the wrong thing, but from what I've seen, it was should have only been about two million. And the fact it was fifty, like you said, something something's not right there. I don't want to say oh there's Celtic fans in the HMRC or there's like this and that. There's some sort of agenda there. I don't yeah, know uh, what it is. I don't know if it'll ever come out. Hopefully it does come out and whoever's responsible gets Get serious seriously done. They're, they're like, at least they're held be... accountable. Like they need to they need to be held accountable. But the thing is so mate, like I know Rangers are considering legal action. I don't know how far that can really go, but can you see us getting some sort of compensation out of this? But I, I know what happened, happened with the old co, like the Rangers old co, uh, the Rangers old company. So, do you think Rangers could get something out of this now, or do you think legally this is going to be legally this is going to be a very tricky one because obviously it's the old company. But the assets kind of got transferred over. So, what would probably happen is that the, the transfers yeah obviously that company got liquidated I don't know if you can gain you can unliquidate a company I don't know if, I don't know obviously I'm, we're not businessmen I don't know how it works but what I would probably guess is that the, the assets we get or the assets we get transferred back over to the the, the old co then we'd be able to challenge it that way and it'd be like nothing ever happened obviously it did happen we've still got the, the, the bad the bad memories we have bad witness Ian Black and John Daly Um uh, could, oh, as you get transferred back over, challenge it that way, and then see what happens. But obviously, something needs to happen because obviously people say, "Oh, it's a new club, it's this and that," but it should have never happened in the first place. Yeah, we're definitely not a new club, right? Um, they're not a new club. I don't know exactly. I know exactly. I know exactly. Like, people that say that people that say Rangers are a new club are definitely they're not really all that educated. They're not really bright people, and no, they present the, the facts and the evidence to them that Rangers are the same club. They, they still bury their head in the sand and refuse to listen to facts, but that just kind of sums up how stupid they are. So, but yeah, I, do you know what I think as well, mate, right? See the fact that Rangers are considering legal action? That must, like, obviously, Dave King and etc., they're all smart businessmen, right? So, they must know the Rangers have a case here where they could potentially get some compensation or something out of this if Dave King and Rangers are considering legal action here. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And obviously, I think we got we got fined by the SPFL on that for grunt administration. That needs to be sorted as well. I mean, this this see legal action does end up taking place, which I think will definitely happen. Um, obviously, it's going to be a lot of legal issues. It's going to be stuff we don't understand. Uh, stuff that those people don't understand even more. If you know what I'm talking about, you know, you know. Um, but. If it does happen, it's going to take a long time to resolve. I'm talking maybe a good two years, something like that. It's not going to be a overnight thing. It's not going to be a simple case. It's going to be a big, massive case. 
But if they're admitting they're, they're overcharged by 50 million, there's got to be a case there. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, and uh, I, I feel as though this could go on for years and years to come. I can see this going on for another good five, six years, maybe longer, to be honest. Maybe, maybe something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not, like I say, it's not going to be an overnight thing. It's not going to be done in a year or two. Uh, it's going like to be at least two, at least two years of the very, 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 very minimum. But you know, it's been five, six years. would not surprise me. But as long as the, the right outcome happens, um, Rangers get... Um, yeah, justice, uh, and that's all that matters here. Yeah, and uh, that's the thing. I know that we're talk- obviously we're talking about David Murray earlier, earlier on, right? See, David Murray, uh, obviously he wanted rid of the club as soon as possible, right? But there was no one really stepping up because of that big tax case, right? And obviously HMRC exaggerating how much it was going to be. Cause, uh, um, so the only guy who was really stepping up and wanting to buy the club was Craig White. And to say HMRC never exaggerated how big that tax case was, right? Craig White, I don't think would have got anywhere near the football club because other businessmen would have, other businessmen would have stepped up and bought the club. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to think that, but obviously there's this whole thing that apparently David Murray and Craig White knew each other and there's they're in cahoots and all that, and which is not which is not good to hear. But um, that if that wasn't they like to say it could have easily went another way, um, and apparently with Mafia as well. Dave King Hope can take action. Dave's money, apparently, is going to take action as well. I see. That's what I've heard as well. So, apparently, both are going to take action. I don't know if they'll team up or what would happen, but HMRC um, have got a lot of answers for. And I said, that if Craig White, that's, I think that's pretty much done. I said now, but that's why I touched on it again. If Dave, Dave Murray and Craig White apparently were on cahoots, so I don't know how Dave Murray take action would work out. Yeah, and uh, I know Charles Green's always been a, a con man, basically. <laughs> and he's Charles Green's not a, a, a genuine bloke, but did he, correct me if I'm wrong, right? But was he even saying? When he was at Rangers, that the big tax case was always dodgy. I think I think so. I think pretty much anyone who's been in charge of Rangers over the last few years of this whole fiasco um, has, has always challenged it. Um, and the fact that all these businessmen fraud, if you're a Charles Green or if you're a uh, if you're good like um, Dave King, uh, if they're all if all of them are challenging it, there's got to be something not right there. And obviously, we learned last night and today that they were right to challenge it, and it's been over. It's been about fifty. Fucking million, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but see, obviously, you're just mentioning that David Murray might be getting involved. I just feel like David Murray will say that, and then you probably won't get involved because I don't think he would what he wants any, anything to do with Rangers anymore. And David Murray's his legacy is completely tarnished after selling the club to Craig White. And uh, obviously, David Murray didn't just say, for example, David Murray didn't know Craig White, right? And just for him to be so naive, right, and sell the club to a chancer like Craig White is, is, is utterly shameful. And David Murray is meant to be a smart guy and you, you try to tell me David Murray got conned by Craig White, really? It's, it, I, don't, I don't think they got conned. Right? I'm, like, I think I think they were. Like, you know, it's, there's like obviously um, in, in reports and evidence to suggest that they were. Think that. Um, but... If, for example, if David Murray was not did, did not know him and he did sell the cl- club to him, I think it was due to his investors forcing him to um, say, look, we need, we need to sell up, just do whatever you need to sell. And that's obviously, uh, the official story was that's what happened and he sold the club for a pound 
we didn't really turn the cover up obviously because Dave, uh, sorry, Craig Grout was really buying all the fucking, um, all the, all the debt and that. So that's why the, the price was so low. But Dave Murray, if he does take legal action, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But like you said, the old Craig Grout thing, it, it, it might not be likely And also see the, the Rangers board at the time uh, During Murray's regime When the white deal was about to go through That that the, that current Rangers board At the time were warning David Murray and they were like do not sell the club to this guy He's dodgy Like don't The, the club, Rangers will be in big big trouble If you give the keys at Ibrox To this man And David Murray just did not listen to them Got He sold the club and then Craig White brought in his yes men, his own wee puppets, and he ousted out the like the, the guys like uh, Alistair Johnson um, and Martin Bain etc. Ousted them out, and the, uh, and he's putting his his own yes men in, and then look what happened. Obviously, because he, he got rid of them because <clears throat> Alistair Johnson, uh, Martin Martin Bain would have called Craig White out for his bullshit, and he he Craig White knew what he was doing. He was always in it just to. Make a quick payday, then get out of there as soon as possible. And, and uh, obviously, he's, he's paid the repercussions now. Yeah, and I don't understand how. He, well, not really, mate, because obviously he doesn't stay here anymore, right? And he got found not guilty in those. Uh, in the tax case. Well, not in his tax case, sorry. And when he was up at court, when he was getting charged with all this kind of stuff. Yeah, true, but. Like, if I think it, he needs to get. I mean, like. Well, everyone knows he's a criticist, but proving it now, and he's obviously. If he comes out in Scotland or Glasgow, he comes across any. Fans like you genuinely need gas like you get a, like like you know security. <laughs> exactly, but uh, no, it, it baffled me though. So, like how Craig White managed to, how he didn't get found guilty, how he managed to get away with it. That that's what I find so disgusting. How I, I know. And someone that a scumbag like that was able to get away with potentially nearly putting a club under. He nearly he nearly killed us completely. It did like. I, First of all, uh, in the first place, I don't know how he, he passed the fit and proper test in the first place. Yeah. Uh, um, and then obviously, I mean, there's been loads of dodgy things like that in years, especially down in England. But um, we, we're used to kind of decent enough owners up here. Um, David Murray, for the most part, was good for years, obviously, towards the end where we just discussed it. It wasn't the best. Uh, obviously, Celtic, oh, what's his name again? Uh, the guy before, the guy basically saved them. Fergus McCann. Against my guy, he was a decent enough owner. Um, so we've had reputation of decent owners, but how he and also that's official the, the, the SPFL, whatever it was, they look up to, and how he got past that in the first place, I have no idea. Um, obviously, he's poor as anything now. His reputation, if it was if it was good in the first place, I don't know if it ever was. It's totally totally in the bin. Um, but hopefully, it does get the justice. We get the justice story when it would deserve. In terms of this case and a further case, it's pretty happened now. Yeah, because obviously you brought up how the SFA should have uh, done a fitting uh, proper uh, test on him, right? But you see, that, that, that baffled my mind too, how he never done that and how, just say David Murray didn't know anything about him. Why did he not like know about this? Or even if he did, why would he sell the club to a scumbag like that, you know? And uh, Craig, Craig White... <clears throat> Had so he liquidated so many companies, so many companies that he owned, they were all liquidated. This guy is an absolute fraud and a chancer, honestly. And I know I was just bringing it up there how he managed to not get held accountable for what he done at Rangers is utterly shameful, mate. It is a disgrace. And that guy, honestly, as you were saying, mate, you'll you'll never see him in Scotland again. Only time you'll see him in Scotland is if he's up at court. Hopefully in shackles, yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with what you said there. Um, like, David Murray, like, 
I asked it, like, I would touch on it. Like, obviously, you, if you if you, you were staring at RFP, you didn't know who, yeah, like, what it was like. Well, if you knew it was like story, why did they sell to him and that? Like I said, I think it was just investors that was forced them to, to sell. Um, and he's been desperate to sell for years, couldn't he? Couldn't find a buyer. And then he does find a buyer and people saying he's dodgy. He's like, do you know what? Investors are telling me to sell. I've been trying to sell this club for years. I'm just going to do it. And obviously, it did not turn out for the best. But let me say, I, I want to look at that positive right now. We're, we've got Stephen Gerrard as manager. Yeah. We've, got a, we've got a great team. Yeah. Um, just as good as Celtic, people may argue against that. But we've got to cut a final. Um, we're level on points, like you said earlier in the point with Tony. Separated by one goal. Um, we've got a, People may argue with this as well, but we've got a, a decent enough owner in charge who has the best interest of the club at heart. We've got a yeah. good director of football, Norris Wilson, or sporting director, whatever you want to call it, uh, who I watched his interview and looks like a very determined and very yeah, professional Yeah, I was going to bring him up. Yeah, I'm very happy we got him on board. <coughs> I think, uh, pardon me, I think he'll be uh, <coughs> a bigger improvement uh, compared to Mark, Mark Allen. Yeah, I thought, don't get me wrong, yeah. I thought Mark Allen done a decent, a decent job, right? But I think uh, Ross Wilson able to do an even better job. No, 100%. I think Ross, like, it tells you, like, Ross Wilson was our first choice originally, but he was loyal to Southampton at the time and he felt like wanted to do more there, which is a good trait to have because obviously he'd be loyal to us. I was loyal to us, sorry. Um, and then obviously we've got Mark Allen in. Mark Allen done a decent enough job. He made some good signings under him. Obviously, Ryan Kent was probably the best signing. Um, we had done other signings as well that, that have worked out well. But like I said, I think Ross Wilson just, it just seems that obviously he's a lot younger. He's like Ross Wilson, put in perspective, right? Ross Wilson is younger than Jermaine Defoe, right? But he's a class above Mark, Wilson, eh, Mark Allen, sorry, who I think is good at his job. But this is just going to be so much better for us. Um, back, back to my point, though, we've got Ross Wilson's spawn director, we've got Steven Gerrard in charge, we've got a great team who are performing this season and we've got this news which could seem, be seen as bad news which it is but it's also good news in a way because it means that we were never our name was dragged through the dirt for nothing and we could finally maybe get our name back up to where it was and the yes, we will come back in and we could see this in a positive light yeah nah, no, it's honestly mate yeah, I agree with everything you said we're in a much better place we're in a fantastic place uh, things are on the up for us but we can't change what happened in the past and uh, I think obviously we need to get some. We need to hold, we get hold these guys accountable for what they've done, and we need to get some sort of compensation or we need to get something out of this, right? But as I said, we can't change the past, and we're on the up right now. And uh, I think this season will be special. And just think what what the meltdown will be like when Rangers win fifty five this season, right? Because obviously Rangers are so hated in Scottish football, despised, right? And just say, no one likes us, we don't care. Exactly, right. And just say we win the league this season, which I know we will. Just think of the meltdown, right? Look at the meltdown oh, when Rangers went into administration, when Rangers uh, went into liquidation, when Rangers got demoted to the lower leagues, right? Just think, uh, just think like what how it will feel. And I think just think how distraught, how uh, distraught every other Scottish football fan will be in Scotland. And we're going to love it, mate. And uh, remember that uh, that famous banner um, the Rangers fans put up uh, years ago when we were going through administration, and it was like, if you th- if you sink us, we'll sink you. And, yeah, yeah. And then also another quote from Alan McCoy. McCoy said, um, I, of course, everyone's getting their wee digs in uh, just now. There's what they're getting their one or two digs in, but Rangers will be back, and when we do, mate, they'll know it, and this will be the season. I, was just saying, I think obviously the news that came out last night. Yeah, I think that could. 
again could be seen in a good light because I could even though the players are playing fantastic at the moment, that could even spur them on, spur the players on even more. Especially like your Andy Allardyce, who are Rangers fans, um, Steven Gerrard, who is a very smart man, he could use that to rail up the players, like even players who previously had no affiliation with the club, like some of our best players like Morelos or Kane or whatever. He could use that somehow to to rail up these players and get them playing at an even higher level and um, deliver that 55, which, like you said, we, we, that is going to happen. People make comment in the pods. Um, I've got a person in mind, I'm not going to say their name, but who are very critical of us. Um, they'll be in their words when, when, we, when, we, when we win this league. Oh, definitely, mate. And, uh, so, <clears throat> is there anything else you want to bring up before we move on from this? Uh, not really, no, obviously, I've got it off my chest, like, obviously, you've seen in the chats last night how, how raging I was. I know, mate. Um, so it's good to get it discussed, and it's going to be a lot more of this to come out. Yeah, definitely, mate. So, um, we'll just br- briefly bring up uh, the Hearts and Hibs results from the weekend. We're not going to go into detail with them, but it has to be said, obviously, Hearts won at the weekend there, 5-2. I should have brought this up yeah. earlier, but I forgot. Um, Hearts beat St. Mirren 5-2 at the weekend, their first home win in 2019, mate, at Tynecastle. Unbelievable. It's it's remarkable. I think it shows how much Greg Levine was holding back hearts, and they almost like it's almost like their shackles are off now. They were free to play, and obviously get five goals is remarkable. Like even before they were rubbish uh, under Levine, you would never have thought hearts could get five goals in a game, and they done it the first game after Levine. So which just showed there was a decent squad there. It's just Levine was holding them back. Yeah, and obviously five goals, and yeah, defensively hearts are pretty shaky at this moment in time, but. Like, see if he said to, like, me uh, a couple weeks ago, or two or three weeks ago, right, or um, Hearts are, got, are they're capable of scoring five goals right now, but not a chance, nah. But, obviously, five goals since Levine has left the club. Well, not left the club, but he's no longer manager anymore. Um, it just shows you, as you were saying, no, that, how, much, how much Levine is holding back Hearts from really, like, who holding back their potential and really holding back their, their, their potential and their, uh, how... Lethal they can be in the final third. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think he was just playing stupid bonus football, like long, long balls up, um, deck the end to knock it off the nice with or whatever. Um, no, they definitely is. Like, they, like I'm not saying the Hearts have got an amazing squad. Obviously, they don't, but they've got a decent enough squad. Like Jimmy Walker, who's good. Nice who can be good in his day. Piazzo is always a handful. Uh, Peter Harden, who's a who can be a, a good player. Um, Craig Talcott and brought from Livingston as uh, a decent defender. So there's like a good kind of spine there. Well, not good, but a decent enough spine there. Uh, it just needs a good manager in charge. Yeah, definitely, mate. <clears throat> and also, um, Hibs won at the weekend. It just shows the effect uh, Higginbottom and uh, Levine had in the club. A very negative effect. And see, since they're no longer managers anymore, look what's happened now. Like Hibs have just went to St. Johnson and won 4 1. Exactly, I mean obviously St. Johnson are great at the moment um, But you know, Hibs under Heckenbottom probably have struggled with that uh, Like I said, I'm going to echo what I said with Hearts They've got a decent enough squad there, they've got a good spine um, Kimberry, who we touched on earlier, on his day can be good uh, Scott Allen can be the driving force of that team uh, In the back, David Gray, he's decent um, So, like I said, you just need a good manager there And they could, they could, they're, they're a top six team, you know mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely mate <clears throat> so obviously Jack Ross is there I'm going to touch on that earlier on um, but yeah uh, before we go mate uh, I just want to obviously speak about Scotland we need to speak about them sadly um, obviously two games coming up pretty pointless Cyprus 
uh, away and uh, we've got Kazakhstan at home. Um, how do you see the Cyprus game going? Um, There's two games we really, really should be winning. Um, I think, ideally, six points, but I think realistically four points. I think we'll, we'll beat Cyprus and probably draw against Kazakhstan. Mm, so is that, um, who would you go with uh, as your team? Um, I'd probably go with, I don't know, maybe John McLaughlin and Gold. Yeah. Um, at the back, I would go with, well, Robson's pulled out, isn't he? Tierney's pulled out as well. Mm-hmm. Alfred Tierney was in the squad in the first place, actually. Um, left back, I don't even know where I'd go. Like, centre-backs, I'd probably go McKenna and... I don't know, like, I'm trying to think, there's no, it's not an amazing squad at the moment. You want me to I mean, squad I... you? We did a squad, I know, help me. Right, hold on, let me just get up here, big man. Bear with me. <clears throat> um, but yeah, it's, as, like, that's the thing though, mate, it's just like, it's, like, being, supporting Scotland, it's just, it's so difficult right now, because they drain the enthusiasm out of you, because any time you think, oh, Scotland can do something here, we take, we take one step forward, then about five steps back. Oh, I know, mate. It's just like, like you think, oh, Steve Clark's has done an amazing appointment, and then nothing's happened so far, you know? I know, right. Sorry, mate. I'll read out the team to you. Do uh, you want me to read out the whole squad? Read, read out the whole squad, no. Right. Craig uh, McGalvery, uh, David Marshall, John McLaughlin, Liam Cooper, Michael Devlin, Declan Gallagher, Scott McKenna, Stephen O'Donnell, Liam Palmer, Andy Robertson, as you say, pulled out, Greg Taylor, Stuart Armstrong, Ryan Christie, John Flight, Ryan Jack. John McGinn, Callum McGregor, Kenny McLean, Scott McTominay, Oliver Burke, James Forrest, Ryan Fraser, Omit Burnley, Stevie Naismith, and Warren Shankland. Well, go with, um, obviously, uh, John McGlockin and go. Uh, Possibly him and Marshall, I think. McGlockin's a bit younger and deserves a chance. Uh, McKenna at the back. I'll give Devlin's all right, but maybe give John Gallagher a chance, you know, why not? Throw him in there. Um, I would go John McLaughlin um, I would go Gallagher McKenna Left back Greg Taylor And uh, Do you want formation I'm going to go mate A 4-2-3-1 Alright Right And I'm going to go Ryan Jack And I'll go John McGinn In the centre In behind I'm going to go Stuart Armstrong um, Out right James Forrest Out left I'll go Ryan Fraser And Up top Obviously, mate, like, there's not a great deal of options. Yeah. Uh, so I would, you know what? I would give Shanklin a chance. What have we got to lose? Really, we've got exactly. nothing to play for. So that's the team I would go, mate. Yeah, I'd go with Shanklin. Um, I'd go with Shanklin. Um, 
So yeah, I'm going to make two changes. I, I, I'd put Fraser in for Burke and I'd put Ryan Jack in just, just for any of them. He's, any of them until those are he's, 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 he's the best man for Scotland at the moment. I forgot he was actually in the squad. Yeah, so my predictions are... Uh, if they go my team right <laughs> If they go my I team think, I think your, your team's better Because I'm not good in front of me So I was kind of uh, guessing the team right, If they go my team right Which you clearly won't right Because Steve Clark's a daffy um, If they went my team They would win both games right? But realistically He's not going to go Either one of our teams Because he's stupid So I'm going to say We're going to We're going to Draw against Cyprus And we're going to Draw against Kazakhstan I'm going to say I'm going to say One each in the first game And Kazakhstan It'll be one each two wouldn't even surprise me. Like at this point, we're technically qualified from the group. All we've got to hope on now is that that playoffs. Um, so we just need to build towards that now, and like hopefully try and figure out our best team. I know, mate. So is there anything else you want to bring up before we go? Um, no, I don't think so. So until next time, guys. Take care. Get through the national break. And this is the last one. That that's motivation. This is the last one. Then it's back to club football until March. So until next time, guys. Take care. We'll see you soon.